Mark, this past week, the biggest news was the Fed minutes to the June 17, 18 FOMC policy meeting. It did not move the markets much, but there was a lot of information about taper and uh, also about what they're going to do uh, in their exit strategy. What, what's the most important thing to look at, Mark? Oh, gosh. There, there's so many items that came out of the minutes. Uh, first of all, uh, the Fed appears to clearly be planning to end its bond buying program in October, uh, contingent upon the economy continuing to improve. And it looks like the Fed's going to continue with taper of 10 billion after each FOMC meeting, except for in October when uh, taper should be 15 billion and that would, that would end quantitative easing. On the balance sheet uh, issue, the Fed debated another key point, stopping reinvestment of payments on principal of long-term bonds, treasuries, and mortgage-backed securities. Uh, yes. Currently, the Fed is still reinvesting payment on principal, and this has helped uh, the Fed's balance sheet to grow, although at a, although at a slower pace due to taper. Uh, so the Fed is basically saying that uh, reinvestment is going to be curtailed gradually. Gradually. Well, how do you think the ending of bond purchases and reduction in reinvestment of payment will affect the financial markets, if at all? It's basic supply and demand. Uh, there may be gradual uh, reduction, uh, but it, it will reduce growth and supply of long-term treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. And that means upward pressure on rates for long-term, uh, primarily long-term mortgage rates. However, uh, however, unless the economy really strengthens, the impact is likely to be moderate. Well, let's turn to rates. Uh, benchmark is the Fed funds rate. It sets the tone, at least if a normal yield curve is in play. That is, rates are higher with longer maturities. What's the Fed telling us about the direction of this benchmark, the Fed funds rate? Essentially, it's very important to keep up with the Fed's quarterly forecast of timing of the next policy move and the forecast for the Fed funds rate at the end of the year. And also, pay attention to Fed speak in between the forecast. Uh, the Fed is having no shortage of telegraphing its planned moves. Uh, of course, the Fed's always going to say policy is data dependent, but according to uh, Fed speak and combined with the forecast, the next increase in the Fed funds rate is likely no later than mid-2015. The Fed began to talk in earnest at the June FOMC about two somewhat new policy tools, interest paid on excess reserves, IOER, and overnight re uh, reverse repos. The Fed has already had IOER working, but at a low level and has started practicing a facility for re reverse repos, but on a small scale. What uh, is going on with these tools, Mark? Let's start with the big picture. With the sharp increase in the Fed's balance sheet, 
banks' excess reserves have grown in tandem. It's excess reserves that banks can turn into personal and business loans, which boost demand in the economy. Uh, so far, uh, you know, this is one of the worries of the inflation hawks. Uh, what happens to those excess reserves when the economy actually gets strong? So far, banks have not let loans grow very much due to uncertainty about the economy and elevated unemployment. Uh, that could change quickly if the economy strengthens. Loan growth could accelerate. However, the Fed could limit loan growth by raising the rate paid on excess reserves held at the Fed. And essentially, interest paid on excess reserves would be a completely safe return to banks and would cut into making personal and business loans because there's risk for those loans. Uh, so the interest paid on excess reserves is going to be a very important policy tool on managing how much uh, banks can uh, grow loans. And the Fed would also use reverse repos in tandem with uh, IOER? Yes, uh, that is going to be a new policy tool. A reverse repurchase agreement or reverse repo is an open market operation in which the debt sells as a security to an eligible reverse repo counterparty with an agreement to purchase that same security at a specified price at a specified time in the future. Uh, generally, they're overnight loans, uh, though on weekends they're three-day loans, and the difference between the sale price and the repurchase price gives you the uh, implied uh, reverse repo rate. Well, it so sounds like. When, go ahead. Well, it just sounds like the Fed is getting more complicated and more technical uh, uh, all the time. They are doing a lot of thinking about exit strategy and how to manage all that tremendous amount of liquidity uh, that's implied with the Fed's balance sheet so elevated. Uh, and again, that's what the hogs are worried about is how do we, how does the Fed control uh, how the banks use excess reserves? So basically, the Fed currently is planning, they're, they're still debating it internally, but the Fed appears to be designing a band of interest rates. Uh, the upper part of the band would be interest paid on excess reserves, and the lower part of the band would be the reverse repo rate. And uh, reverse repos basically affect uh, interest rates by taking cash out of the uh, financial system. So this ban which they plan would be about a mere 20 basis points, maybe somewhat more, but it's going to be relatively tight band and uh, those are going to be two key tools in exit strategies. 
We're running out of time, but let's touch on this week's indicators. We get the key numbers for we get key numbers for consumer and uh, manufacturing and and the housing sectors. Yes, uh, retail sales slowed in May, uh, but uh, a big question is: Will recent job gains boost June sales? And we already have early indications that uh, the answer is yes. We had 1.2 percent rise in unit new auto sales in June. And that's, uh, it came in at a 17 million unit annual rate, the strongest pace since July 2006. So the consumer appears to be making a moderately strong comeback after, you know, a frozen first quarter, uh, turning to industrial production. Uh, that's been a key part of the economy but according to uh, production worker hours for June, there could be some softening in uh, manufacturing. However, uh, analysts are expecting a moderately strong figure of 0.4% for both the total and for manufacturing. And uh, that could be related to increased auto assemblies as opposed to manufacturing in general. Then finally, uh, we had a nasty number for housing starts back in May. Uh, starts fell a sharp 6.5%. Uh, and there's some uncertainty about where starts are headed. There likely will be some rebound, but the level may not be that great. The uh, National Association of Home Builders Housing Mark Market Index is still looking soft with the traffic component. That is uh, the number of potential home buyers walking through the new homes uh, for potential purchase. Uh, those numbers are still very weak. So uh, home builders may still be holding back a bit. Uh, there'll probably be some rebound, but the, the level in starts probably will not be that great. And on a final note, we get the Fed's beige book on Wednesday, which covers uh, uh, anecdotally the uh, entire economy. Yes, and uh, with the Fed right now, it's all about the labor market. Uh, improvement or not in the labor market is what's going to move the timing of the Fed funds rate and how fast it rises. So I expect traders to be focusing on uh, the labor market sections of the Beige Book. Thank you very much, Mark Rogers of Econoday. I'm Mark Pender for Econoday.